It, Romans 8 is a, such a powerful book. Um, you can read it every day for the next two years and get something new out of it every day. So tonight we want to talk about more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. You know, we look at, at being a conqueror, it's, it, you think about things in conquering something, is you're thinking about a match, you're thinking about a war, you're thinking about something like that. But this, this tonight, we're going to look at it from a different angle. This is a love story. This is a love story that Jesus did for us more than 2,000 years ago. What we're looking at is uh, Romans 8, 31 through 39. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for, all of, for us all, how will he not also with, his, with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is, the, who is at the right hand of God, who in, indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God Jesus Christ our Lord. That is... Mm. So if God is for us, this is it. Mm. Paul is asking for a response uh, to a question that has no, no answer. If God is for us, if we're in us, everything is against us. Everything is for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us from the love of God. Hmm. So some realities are so awe-inspiring that only a proper response is silence. There are times when we just need to shut up. <laughs> we can't hear God because we're talking too much. We're talking too much. But as we look here on it says, is who can be against us would have many answers. But what Paul is asking, if God is for us, who can be against us? Anyone able to take away salvation would have to be higher than God. Come on, that's good. <laughs> so he is not just stopping with justification. He gave his son, so he will surely graciously give us all things required for sanctification and glorification. We're going to look at justification here. Justification, basically, he, just, he, he made everything right that was wrong in you. Everything right that was wrong with you. you know, so when you accept God into your life, you've been justified. But what, what I love the most is, you know, I grew up in, 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 in a church where, you know, the, they get up and have testimony service. It was, I am saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in fire. You know, and I didn't know what sanctify was. 
But I, you know, as I got older and started reading about sanctify, sanctify has been set apart. But what I love more about sanctification is set apart to be used for a special purpose. So we are sanctified here on this earth. We are sanctified waiting for God to come back for us and, and, and complete us. But while we're here on earth, we have a special purpose. And this is something that our pastor has been preaching on Sunday morning for the last three, three four months. Is we are here to, to have an influence upon our 20-mile radius. We're here to have a, a, a change in culture in our four-state state area. So we are here to give sight to the blind through Jesus Christ. We're here to raise the dead through Jesus Christ. We are here to perform those miracles that God has put us on this earth because we are sanctified for a special purpose. Glorification, it says God's final removal of sin uh, for the life of saints. So who are you? Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you have become when you accepted Jesus in your heart? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So what this means to us is that we have been made new. The world's standard of judgment no longer applies. It no longer applies. We, we, live, we live under a different standard now. We can't be judged by the things of the world. We are judged now by the things that we're doing uh, for the kingdom. So the key phrase in this is in Christ. This doesn't mean that in the moment of regeneration, a person's temptation and carnal thoughts dissolve. In us, those struggles rage on, but with the Spirit's help, the Christian's practice would align more with his or her position day by day until Christ returns to make us whole. So more than conquerors, because he loves us. And I love this on verse 34. It says, he is to condemn. Jesus Christ, who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is, it at the right, who, who is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tri tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now I want to kind of really portray a love story to you guys tonight. A love story. Now, most of you have, have heard this story, and, and, and my wife isn't in the room yet, so good. So, I wanted to kind of tell you how, how me and my wife met and fell in love. It was awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was in it, but it was awesome. So, in the summer of 97, you know, we had ended up starting working with each other at, at a distribution center. And, um, you know, and of course, me being a guy, I'm oblivious to everything. I'm not sure, you know, I don't know who's liking me, who's giving me signs or whatever. So anyway, um, as I was walking across the distribution center, this place is huge. It's, this church can probably fit in there maybe it's 20, 25 times over. So um, my wife is uh, kind of standing talking to one of the guys I work with. And the words coming out of her mouth, who is that caramel glaze hunk walking across the, the place over there? Carmel Glaze. <laughs> she said, can you introduce me to him? So after I found this word out, 
I went and found her office, and I walked in, and, 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 and I gave her these seven words that was just, it sealed the deal. You know, seven is the, 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 the number of completion. So these seven words sealed the deal. I said, hey, I heard you wanted to meet me. <laughs> and it was over. It was over. But as we grew together, started to get to know each other, there's nothing I would do for that woman. That woman was able to give me a beautiful daughter. And the love that I have for my wife and daughter to where I would lay down my life for them, I, I wouldn't even have a second thought of it. To look at that love story, this, this love story is not about giving our love to Christ, being able to separate us. This love story is about Christ loving us. And there's a big difference with that. Um, with us in our, in our human form, we tend to, 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 to judge things. You know, if, if my wife did something to me that, that, that was really hurtful and we ended up not being together, um, me wanting to die for her might change. No matter what we do, Jesus died for us before we even knew what we were going to do. That is the love story that I want to talk about tonight. It said, this is not our love expressed to Christ. It is his love to us. There is no greater love than what Christ did for each of us. He took our place and set us free from death. Now he's sitting at the right hand of God on our behalf. To conquer is to be victorious over an adversary. To be more than a conqueror means to not only achieve victory, but we have overwhelming victory. The Bible says that the enemy is constantly sending false accusations um, about you to God. This is why the Bible said Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us. He is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. And as those accusations are coming in from the enemy, God sees the blood that Jesus shed for you. The blood that covers you. The blood that sets you free. The blood that gives you power. That's what God sees. And you know, the, the, I, I just come on a, a realization too is God sees that blood, but so does the enemy. The enemy knows who's God's property and who isn't. He knows who to mess with and who doesn't. He's not worried about the sinners out in the world. He's already got them right now. He wants the people that are here sitting in this building to have you to be able to doubt what God is doing for you in your life. Satan is our adversary. He sends all kinds of life-threatening, joy-stealing attacks to threaten the well-being of, and faith of God's children. Many of those attacks are listed here. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, and the sword. Paul is encouraging us to stand firm in our faith when those attacks come, reminding us that not only we will win in the end, but Jesus enables us to win now. He gives us the power to win now. He gives us the power to walk over serpents. He gives us that power to claim the victory that we already have. We are seated in places where we are seated in the area of, of, of victory. We are fighting in the area of victory. And once we get a grasp of hold of that, then we would know that these things that come to us and, 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 and really tries to dig into us and, and, and fight with us, we've already won the battle. We've already won the battle. 
So Satan lacks the power to steal our eternal destiny, and he cannot separate us from the love of God right now. Nothing we face worries God in the least. If we are his children through faith in his son, then we have his pledge to love and protection. So follow his lead. Follow his lead. Said the ultimate display of love was shown on Calvary as Jesus carried the cross for us. Simon of Siren was pulled into the picture. I want to I want to paint a picture for you on that for for Simon. Um, back in those times, of course, we don't have trains, we don't have planes, we don't have automobiles. We got camels and your feet. So. For a believer, for, for a Jew back in those days, it is, it is an honor to be able to go to, to, to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover that time of year. And where Syrian is, is about 900 miles away from Jerusalem. Now think about that, 900 miles on a camel, 900 miles on a donkey, 900 miles on your feet. That's a long way. <laughs> long way there was no FaceTime there was no internet you couldn't do it remotely if you wanted to experience it you had to be there so it, it would take a, at least a month of traveling to get to Jerusalem from where he was from so as Simon he, and you know, think about him he is coming coming to Jerusalem I'm going to celebrate the Passover this is, my, this is my year to celebrate the Passover I'm going to go there and do what we have been called to do as Jews. We're going to do this as a family. We're going to celebrate this because our Lord said to celebrate this. This is what he has put us on here for. Now as he gets to Jerusalem, there's a bunch of commotion that's going on. Everything, everybody's in the uproar. They're trying to, they're trying to hang somebody. They're trying, they really, you know, so he's like, what is going on here? What, what's happening? I, I want to see what, what's, what's going on. Now, there are times in, my, in your life that uh, there's a lot of commotion, there's a lot of things that, that, that are happening in your life or around your life, and a lot of times we want to go see what's wrong with it. We want to go see what the problem is. You know, we really want to be careful not to be able to get ourselves associated in areas of our life that is not a call on our life. You ever heard the term guilty by association? It happens spiritually as well. So we want to really be careful with that. But getting back to the story, you want to think about Simon. Now, Siren, it's a, it's a small town where they believe it's a small town in, in, in Africa. And studies have shown, and people have, have showed this, that they thought Simon was a black guy. Simon was a black guy that came in. So we're going to go with the picture of a black guy being, being in, this, in this story. So he's trying to see what is going on. What, what, what is happening? And he gets over there and, you know, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. You know, he's like, you know, I'm sure he's heard of the stories of Jesus. I'm sure he's heard about Lazarus uh, from where they were because the city that he's from was a port city. There's a lot of ships. So I'm sure he's heard the stories. But when he was to hear this Jesus of Nazareth, someone who raised Lazarus from the dead, someone who's been healing the sick, someone who's been doing all these miracles, now they're trying to kill him? What is going on here? And as he's sitting on the edge of the street and, and trying to see what's going on, the crowds are there. And then they see the Roman soldiers coming down the street. And one of the Roman soldiers look at him and say, hey, you, come here. He goes, me? I want you to think about something now. 
A Roman soldier is the policeman of the day. Black folks don't like policemen. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to probably like, no, you ain't talking to me. I know, I know you're not talking to me. Yes, you, come here. Man, I just got here. I, I'm sure that's what his response I just got, look at my feet. I just made it here. No, you come here. So I could see him just, just, just walking. And think about this. The Roman soldiers are asking him to carry a cross to a man that they consider to be guilty. What does that mean to Simon? If he was to carry that cross, he can't have the Passover. That's right. Come on. That's 900 miles. That's over a month of traveling that he has been. And he just got there. Now they want him to carry the cross. They want him to be able to get, be associated with a guilty man. So you, can you imagine Simon's position? Looking at this situation, then what do I do? But as he looks at the face of the Messiah, see him beat, blood pouring from his skull, spit on, barely hanging on to his life. At that time, Simon swallowed his pride and picked up that cross. Now, I want to give you the significance to him picking up the cross. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Yes. Simon couldn't lead him up, up to that mountain to be, to be um, crucified. He had to walk behind Jesus with that cross. Swallowed his pride. Take that cross up for his Messiah. Jesus pulled in Simon and then laid the way. This is the same path given to persons of every age since Christ. And just the same, the path given to us today, by his suffering and ours, Jesus draws us to himself as he was going to die. But more than that, he conquered death. Friday, Friday we, 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 we celebrate the death, that G, that the sacrifice that Jesus uh, gave for us. He died on the cross for our sins, even when we didn't know that we needed him to do that. Sunday came, and he got out of that grave. He rose again. So why do we remember this? Why do we remember this? When the Lord's Supper is served, believers experience an affectionate remembrance because the gospel is recalled and reapplied. An affectionate remembrance. When you remember something, there's normally two Two categories to remembering something. Um, one category is, oh yeah, I remember that. It was a good time. But the other affectionate remembrance is, I'm a part of that. Something touched me. As we take communion, we're reliving that sacrifice that Christ gave for us. We are reapplying that. We are re 
cleansing ourselves with that. We remember what he did for us. So it says, we remember the grace purchased at Christ's death in the same grace we need when we come to the table. Now in Corinth, this intended act of communion with the Lord had become a thoughtless and even selfless, selfish church ritual. Their minds had clearly shifted from Christ's substitutionary sacrifice and had wandered somewhere else. When Paul was addressing the church of Corinth, they had lost focus of what the communion is. They had lost focus of what they were taking the body for. And I'm going to read this passage when, and, um, before we take communion tonight, but I really want you guys to, 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 to grasp what Paul was really trying to teach uh, the people in the church of Corinth. And this is in 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 34. But in the following instructions, I do not command you because... When you came together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there is division among you. And I believe it in part, for there must be fractions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal, one goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I command you in this? No, I will not. Now this, verse 23, For I received from the Lord that I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance for, of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance for me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats this bread of, and, or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body. And blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are dis disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my, my brothers, when you come together to eat, Wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be a judgment about the other things I will give direction when I come. As we get ready to take communion tonight, one thing that I do to remember what Christ did for me more than 2,000 years ago is I remember back the day I got baptized when they took me under and brought me back up the old was left under the water and a new man came out a new man came out now what that means to me is 
the opportunity that I got to have to come out as a new creation was done by Jesus more than 2,000 years ago. So as you get ready to take communion tonight and to remember what God did for us this coming weekend as we celebrate Easter this year, remember the blood. Remember his body. Remember the sacrifice. I pray that tonight that you don't look at communion the same way. I pray that there's a new revelation in your life about why we take the body. Why we do this. Now this is one of the most sacred things to me as a believer. Because it does remind me of the, the of, of what Jesus did for us. We're going to close our eyes and uh, but I want you to come when you're ready and take the body and then we're going to celebrate after this because there is a celebration. Jesus had to walk those, those, those streets and stop himself from dying because he had to fulfill the prophecy. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. 